0: Welcome homeowners, homebuyers, landlords, and tenants alike. People who just want to be better at living in a home. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. Join Madison Radio's Adam Elliott, real estate broker and landlord Ben Anton as they break down the modern-day barriers of home ownership. You'll laugh, you'll cry. And if you're not careful, you'll learn.
1: Come on, baby, won't you hold me tighter than your fists curled up in a schoolyard fight? That
2: was The Waiting Song from Madison musician Seesaw. Welcome to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears.
3: On the Facebook, at In the 608. Hi there, I'm Adam. And I'm Ben Anton. And welcome to our March edition of Real Estate in the 608.
2: Because it got so cumbersome, we stopped saying like, season four, episode three. Oh my God. Too many numbers all That's a lot.
3: Real Estate in the 608 is a podcast that, if you haven't picked that up yet, that's what we're doing right now. We're podcasting to you. And in each episode, what we do is we bring in a guest where we talk Real estate.
2: It's an interview-driven podcast <laughs> that's, with recurring features.
3: That's what Wikipedia says about us. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> do we have a page? Did you do that? We don't, no. Somebody but should do that.
2: <laughs> if it did, that's what it would say. <laughs> we bring in someone who is smarter than we are.
3: Yeah, that's true. That's always true. Yeah. We also discuss the real estate headlines of the day.
2: We're going to recap the highest and the lowest price sales in Dane County and maybe also Portage, Wisconsin.
3: We'll give you a little nugget to take home with you in the top of the hour tip as well as the market update to let you know what's going on going on in the market
2: uh one of the people we have on each month and and my business partner in deacon housing is phil Plored, president of blimling and associates a division of dairy.com
3: and since we are in the 608 we keep it local we feature local music from local artists right here within the 608 which hopefully you voted for them and for us in the best of madison poll
2: i hope you did because it's all gone. Now. It's all gone, right? So we wait until it's up, April. It's up to the fates to now, vote. <laughs> whether or not we will be begging for your love in April. We
3: can do that anyway.
2: I'm doing a lot of like shout outs today. Like we got it's some okay. new listeners. I'm big- there's gonna be oh, some name dropping. Coming I want to up. give a
3: shout out too. Then, All right. I'll plan mine. I'll hold okay. on to it. Let me introduce who I am first so you know who you're listening to. My name is Adam, uh, homeowner, teacher. I do UX. Uh, used to be on the radio in Madison as well. My name's Ben Anton,
2: and I've never been on the radio except in a couple. That's of union, not true, except in a couple union cab commercials.
3: You never walked into the studio oh, when we I worked. Was, I,
2: I, did. Well, we had that. We, we did the public affairs. Yeah, that's right. You were so, so on yes, the radio. I was right. on the radio yeah. a little bit, but I just sold commercials. <laughs> but anyway, uh, landlord and real estate broker is what I'm best
3: at now. This week, on the line, we're going to talk to Carl Cure of Carl Cure Roofing.
2: He's the cure for all your roofing needs. He
3: is the cure. Which that is makes which
2: took me back to radio time, like when we would write copy, <laughs> and I almost refused to say for all your blank needs. Oh. Like that was but anyway, he is he is the cure for
3: your roofing needs. Is that his real name? Yeah. Is it that's cure? legit Carl Cure. Okay. I mean he was born with a good tagline name. <laughs> <laughs> that's good for him. Ben, what's been going on since last time?
0: Going to the bar with the
2: Last time I installed, we talked a little bit about the Nest thermostat deal that we yeah. had offered in the newsletter. Five dollar Nest, five dollar like five dollar thermostat, marked down from a
3: hundred and fifty something or other. Right. How so much you get, they go for? You get a foot
2: long or a thermostat, five <laughs> bucks. I did it wrong. I like, got the subway reference. By the way, thank anyways. you. It's well done. Um <laughs> I must have done it wrong. Like I did it super oh no. early on a Monday morning before the sales meeting, and then and then my kid called. She's like, "Dad, you forgot to drive me to school." <laughs> <laughs> and hook up the thermostat. So I come home. I come home and it's what, like twenty degrees outside, and my air conditioner running. Oh, in, the, in no. the yard.
3: Oh, you switched the wires. Is that what you did? I
2: don't even know. <laughs> I'm usually pretty good at stuff like that. Um, so I, so I got inside. I shut the breaker off. Got the air, con- and I said, "Time to call the professionals." I got a busy day on the phones, <laughs> and I got to write an offer later. Let's just. And it's a sm- the thermostat is smarter than I am. Yeah. And it you started I mean. to give it started to tell me like, hey, not only is the air conditioning on Ben, um, but also your furnace is shutting off intermittently. You should probably check that filter. Oh, and then sure enough, I like Just needed a filter. Ben needed <gasps> to change the filter. Wow. And, and Brian was like, yeah, Ben, that's pretty dirty. Yeah. <laughs> And like next, next thing least, you know, the
3: things to be like, what are you doing? <laughs> at least I had, at least
2: I had the replacements right there, as I tend to oh. do. Uh, a shout out to a couple new listeners. I was going to do that here
4: uh-huh.
3: to
2: Carrie and Jared, and then an already listener, Kyle, who was like uh, asking some questions on the neighborhood Facebook page today, oh, and, I, okay. and I was being silly, and I and I, but I gave my my Miguel, my gutter guy, I love him, uh-huh. price quality gutters. That's the name that's like they have. It's almost like those Japanese T-shirts were like sec- not an English super, language. Super
3: fancy, wonderful right. yeah, so, the so name of it. Yeah. English
2: is not his first language. So his his company is called Price Quality Gutters. That's all um, right. Yeah, it works. Yeah, it does. <laughs> and uh, and then Kyle said, thanks for the recommendation, Ben. Love the podcast, BTW. Oh, I believe that is by the way. That
3: is by the way. You're, yeah. you're getting the lingo. You're yeah,
2: doing it well. picking up these young people. And then I felt like we made it. I sent you that email. We did make it. Somebody was like, hey, can I get on that podcast? And it wasn't one of those lame, like, they just plugged in the, I mean, it was like written by a person. Right. Uh, from Madison Solar, the, these, mm-hmm. the somewhat nonprofit group by the, the, Madison,
1: Sun,
3: S-U-N, yeah, S-U-N. Madison. Madison. Yeah. yeah.
2: So we're. I'm thinking maybe April for them.
3: Heck yeah. Who
2: knows? That might come up. But I words don't know, getting
3: out. <laughs> I don't know if they want to like
2: get into my box because you know like we have a box yeah. and the box has a guest and the guest answers questions to see if they're fun and if you are unwilling to get in the box, you're not fun. <laughs> so we'll, maybe we'll have Madison Solar on. In in uh, in April, I'd love to learn more about that. And then and then I sold I sold a historic house this weekend. Oh, congratulations! So I'm hoping that Marlisa, the purchaser of said historic home, the the Corey Carriage House, it's yeah. on Lakeland. And in, why have in, I heard in, of this? Because in yeah. 1910, the Capitol burned down, and then six years later they they carried the the rocks they carried the stones across the frozen ice of lake and they built a ho- they built a carriage house on with on stones. lakeland with those safe so super cool. Um, so I sold that with, with my buyer, Marlisa. So we're hoping to have her on soon.
3: Going on for me since last time, uh, since you're giving shout outs, I'm going to give a shout out to Do Val's it. who's my new hairstylist right down the road here on Winnebago at Union Hair Parlor. I was very impressed with the local salon. I'm also kind of scoping out my home improvement projects that I'm lining up for this year. Um glad we have roofing on because roofing is on my short list as well as a, a bathroom redo. I did the tile probably like six, seven years ago and it's not great
4: didn't hold up what's the it trouble did, it
3: didn't i mean it held up it's fine um structurally it does not look beautiful oh. in any way and it could use a little aesthetic improvement my driveway is one of those that was concrete and then somebody black topped it and it's chipped and flaked and i think i remember i had a conversation with you that said don't if your driveway is not going to fall apart don't do it because you're not going to recoup the costs yeah, on that's, it
2: that's that's hard money to get back yeah all right
3: so i mean it's
2: unless you're gonna save money in suspension repair
3: <laughs> i'm not it's not that big of a driveway <laughs> it's just kind of ugly and it's one of those things that, like oh it's kind of an itch that i it could might scratch. but maybe so that's what's been going on for me last uh, since last time uh what's been going on from the headlines
0: hey <laughs> the
3: news ticker tape is going um, off again. Better we, pull it.
2: I felt like, so we talked a lot about the, the Surfside condos in Florida that collapsed yeah. and as it relates oh gosh, to yeah. paisans here in town. Mm-hmm. Please know, condominium owners or potential condominium buyers, high-rise condominiums now, because of those the collapse in Surfside, um, the association is being required to fill out a much more uh, in-depth questionnaire. There's always been something called Mm -hmm. the condo questionnaire. And the condo questionnaire is how organizations like Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae decide if your condominium project or association is within their risk tolerance. Okay, And it used to be that the most important questions to answer correctly on that Questionnaire, where how many of the units are owned by individuals?
3: Remind me again, like, who answers these questions, Then do this the is, owners answer is it, the, or they the, is the group of people that live in the condos together?
2: Usually, the questionnaire is filled out by the, a representative of the condo association. So okay. So, for the okay. most part, the seller. Okay. The seller's representation at the association. So, because condo associations with a high number of rental properties in mm-hmm. them are mm-hmm. more likely statistically to fail or to be foreclosed. The more owner-occupants you have, the mm-hmm. less likely, the less risk there is. So that was that was a bar, a threshold that a lot of associations were aiming for. One of the reasons that you're no longer supposed to buy a Sherman Terrace condo unless you intend to own or occupy it. Mm. That's why. Okay. But here now they're asking questions about, has the building been uh, evaluated Structure, structurally yeah. are there any indications of failure in the design or systems and there are buildings in Madison right now that are that are experiencing mu- well, my understanding is much smaller issues than anything like paisans or, or the, the surf, surf, side, surf side but yeah. are unable to answer those questions in a manner satisfactory to Freddie Mac and Freddie may
3: is there any type of legal obligation to answer those accurately well, you, you or can to, you pass on that? No, you have to do you it. Do. You, do, okay. you don't
2: you don't if you if you don't answer them or you don't answer them satisfactorily, that means your condominium is unwarrantable. Okay. Which means you cannot borrow money that is underwritten by Freddie Mac or Fannie Mae. Okay. Your loan cannot be resold. You can't it, get the money. You can only get the money if you have a relationship, or if you are willing to look at a bank that offers portfolio lending. Okay. Which is usually not 30 year fixed, and is usually not uh, as attractive an interest rate.
3: So it makes it tougher to get the money. Makes it harder
2: to get the money to buy. To buy, right. Which, when it gets harder to get the money, what does that do to pricing?
3: It probably makes it go dear old. Yeah, because not as many people can buy it. Right. I got you. Okay.
2: Only the most qualified can now buy it, and all of a sudden your condo project, so there's going to be a lot of people uh, in some of those higher, Mm. higher high-rise downtown condominiums paying a lot more attention to those engineers' reports and structure and and building maintenance more than just whether it's sexy or sharp or whether you can see the lake. The lows and the highs. So, um, for those of you who have been, uh, what do they, what do call it when you, if you're binge listening?
3: Mm-hmm. Sure.
2: It's it's only been about six hours since uh, since I'd mentioned a, a woman that I'd been dating. and Well, uh, that went south. Uh, <laughs> oh no, I'm well, sorry. <laughs> a little more than six hours ago. Uh, <laughs> oh no. It's uh, and fresh, you knew, too. <laughs> well, you knew that. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> but I suppose but... it could. Time, time is a is a who knows how long it's been time is a flat circle (laughs) (laughs) anyway so i so i I was i'd been seeing this new woman and she introduced the podcast to a bunch of her friends and two of them are in are in portage okay which is not in dane
3: county but close
2: but it is in the 608
3: is it in portage county
2: no it's in columbia
3: it's columbia county
2: okay so i we're gonna so is there
3: a portage county or i just make that up uh, i think there is a portage county yeah well, funny, funny that it's not funny supportive. that
2: it, isn't, isn't it? right <laughs> like, <laughs> Milwaukee County, where's that? It's nowhere near Milwaukee. Okay. I digress, though. But anyway, so yeah. Jared and Chris, the highs and the lows in Portage were 140,000 and 000. Okay, that's the spread there. Gotcha. Portage. All right,
3: um, that's not too far from like a Madison. I mean, you're still saying that's in the 608, so
2: yeah, all right. Well, it's a bit of a drive from here it's like it's a little hall it's
3: all the, the way, way up to portage county it's the, no no, no. <laughs> not count not county <laughs> anyway so we've got a couple
2: so my, my new friend a few of her new friend or a few of her old friends had been listening and
3: uh so. thanks for listening jared and chris we appreciate it we do we yeah.
2: appreciate you even in the most furthest north hinterland reaches of the 608 area code the
3: internets go everywhere
2: <laughs> all right but here in town mm-hmm. in the towny 608 Lowest price, Blooming Grove. Okay, so kind of like surrounded by one of the islands, by Madison, yeah. one, of those, one of those islands. Yep. Uh, a major project home, total fixer upper. These are from the comments. No power, no heat, no running water. <laughs> Be, <laughs> being sold by a personal representative to settle in a state. Bring a flashlight.
0: Right. No so, shirt, no shoes, <laughs> no service. no
2: dice. Nothing going on. Yeah. Uh, so one hundred twenty thousand dollars uh, right. for that Poof. for that powerless cold, frozen pipe house. Yikes. Um, but sells in five days, three bedroom, one bath in as-is condition. And here, so so, Blooming Grove has long kind of been this island of misfit toys or like mm-hmm. the land that time forgot, or at least yeah. the land that building inspection forgot, right? Yeah. Um, But I wonder if it, and it's going to be annexed,
3: yeah, right. I mean, most of Blooming Grove is, I think, That's but this in a, little like, a section point. in
2: town, yeah, it's already on the books. It's twenty twenty seven, five more years. Okay, it's going to be the city of Madison. There's going to be some some hard lessons learned, I think, because curb and gutter is going to come. Mm, yeah, taxes are going up. The water system has already right. been absolved or absorbed by the city of Madison. But anyway, I wonder if this might be just about the last chance to get some dirt cheap real estate in Blooming Grove
3: I mean it might be the last chance that you can buy liquor later than 9 o'clock because that's that's what you that's what I think Blooming Grove is known for well but you can still do that
2: because because Burke because Vic Pierce is not... I don't think Vic Pierce is yeah, that's, Blooming Grove. I that's think one that's, of the islands, I think it I is. I think it's the town of Burke.
3: Oh, all right. Um, well, but anyway, we'll, so we'll yeah. debate geography later. It's gonna,
2: yeah. The liquor is coming a lot. <laughs> You'll need more liquor. <laughs> because um, of the
3: changes coming. Because of
2: all the taxes. Yikes. Um, but so so I'm going to say that. In fact, let's just say it. Sometimes I get bold. Blooming And Blooming Grove, is it's not pretty. Mm-hmm. It looks a little backwoods. It's a little rough, yeah. And there's a lot of there's a lot of junk cars and houses oh. that ain't been cared for and and some people that value its affordability over almost anything else. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and it's unfortunate that that mindset may not fit with where we're going.
3: 5 years ago, would a house like that See that's the thing.
2: That's the thing is that five years ago, I think they probably cost about one hundred and ten thousand. It'd be about the (laughs) same. Like the the bottom, the bottom (laughs) over there hasn't moved much, (laughs) which is maybe why I think maybe it might be time.
3: Yeah. All right. Uh, What about the highest?
2: When I saw this highest, I said, "Is that also the biggest?"
3: Because we don't really we don't really
2: pay attention to the biggest as much as we 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 joke a lot about the bathrooms. Yeah. And when there are more bathrooms than bedrooms, that is like. The luxury ratio, yes. right? It's like so the, you have high
3: tea and, and go to your seven bathrooms and four bedrooms, and you
2: put your biscuits in the bonnet, <laughs> and you put your car park. And we were we were we got into that early, but yeah. anyway, eighty three hundred square feet in Verona. <laughs> think of all that vacuum space. Five bedrooms, <laughs> six bathrooms, eighty three hundred square feet, nineteen ninety build for one point one seven million. Wow. So just just about ten percent under the original ask. Uh, hundred and forty or so days on the market. So I had to ask myself, then, is this the biggest house we've noted as the most expensive house? It' gotta be, is it? Um it's not. Uh-oh. It was the fourth biggest house oh, to sell last you're year. kidding. And the other big ones didn't necessarily they were they were expensive, certainly, but they were not the highest. <laughs> um, but ninety six hundred square feet sold for one point five million. Uh, in Harlan Hills. Do you know where that is? Mm, I don't think I do. Like, imagine you're going out Seminole,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and then you're going to turn right, and you're going to go to one of Madison's most, uh, like, you're going to Ally Drive, right? Yeah. D- Dunn's Marsh, you turn right, you're yep. going to Ally Drive. Well, if you go just over the hill, just you keep going over there. the train tracks, well, then all of a sudden you're at the $1.5 million house with 9,611 square feet.
3: Good God, man.
2: And that's mm-hmm. all last that last March.
3: What percentage of homes do you think in the 608 right now are a million and up? I don't know. Yeah,
2: There's a real number. Let's check back next time. All
3: right. We'll check that out. Next
2: month when we talk about the highest. Okay. We'll talk about what's the percentage that have sold for over a million.
3: Yeah. That's the highs and the lows. Our in-studio guest today is the person that's going to cure all your roofing needs. I'm telling you, he was born with a tagline. That he was going to use later in life, he just didn't know it at the time.
2: (laughs) I don't. uh, He comes from a family of roofers, but I don't know if it was the cure side or not. So we'll maybe have to ask him about that. So
3: Carl Cure of Cure Carl Carl Cure Cure Roofing. Okay, all right. Uh, I'm excited. I got some roofing questions. Well, that's
2: great. We'll take a break for Ask Asher with a question from Carrie, and get that top of the hour tip. Uh, Then we'll be back with our newest feature, Dispatches from the Front.
0: I walk around all, day, all
1: night I walk around I want to sleep in the morning light I
2: walk around It's time for the top of the hour tip with Asher. We're going to put a little spin on on the top of the hour tip here in March 2020. And we're going to turn the top of the hour trip into a segment for today called Ask Asher. We reached out to one of our new listeners, Carrie, and they had a great question. So Asher, are you ready? I'm ready. Carrie lives in a 100-or-so-year-old home on Madison's East Side near East High School. One of the things they don't love about their house is the kitchen. If you've got a small kitchen, should that send you looking for a new house, or are we in a place where making an investment in your current home, maybe even expanding the building envelope, might make more sense?
5: I actually think that it probably makes more sense at this time in the market that she would just work on her current kitchen. So with the way competition is going right now for this market, you know, she'd be going upward and paying for a house that's more expensive than her current house, what her current house is worth. So right off the bat, we're looking at a higher priced home. And then when taking into consideration all of the competition right now, you're gonna add probably a minimum of 15% onto that price, plus you're gonna have a lot of cash on hand to compete. When all is said and done, if she's purchasing another house, that might actually cost her a lot more money than putting money into her current home, even if that includes like maybe a small addition. If, you know, if she lives over by East High and she wants to stay in that neighborhood but have a bigger kitchen, you're automatically going to be looking at houses that are priced at least at 350 or higher, and then they're going to sell for probably 15% over that anyways
2: these are some of the hard choices we're having to help people make right now as we go out and look at a house. Well, thank you, Asher. Uh, and if anyone else, or if Carrie has another question,
5: my email is asher at lower realty com.
4: Thank you yeah. much. We'll talk to you soon.
5: Thanks, Ben. Hey there,
4: Liz Lauer here from Lauer Realty Group. As the broker owner of a boutique real estate firm in business since 1998, our firm is a collective of dedicated agents who collaborate to stay ahead of the curve in information, tech and marketing savvy, and engage in our communities at large to better serve our clients in the broader Madison area. Our numbers reflect our dedication. With 16 agents in the collective, we sold 548 homes with an average sale price of 395000 all in 2021. We realize stats reflect the past and we are ready to help your family achieve their goals in the future. Thanks for all you do. No
1: it's healthy when you talk to yourself. That must be.
3: You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's Real Estate magazine for your ears online at inthe608.com. Ben, it's time for. Dispatches from the Front which is a continuing series about your little home buying spree that you went on hmm, how, how many months in? Are we, late
2: 2020, we're three months in.
3: And you are learning lessons as you go from all these different opportunities that you have and sharing some of them right. like right now. I have
2: decided on the 2nd Street, which would be, I think we've called it the East High Fixer or the, the mm-hmm. little house on 2nd Street and I needed to pull out the flooring there. Uh, and I wanted to go with some kind of hard surface on the first floor, wasn't sure what hardwood is pretty expensive.
3: Is it right now? Yeah. More than normal, yeah. I mean, lumber's up there. Lumber's
2: know. up there. So I started asking questions about hardwood but also thinking about that luxury vinyl plank, mm-hmm. right? Um but then I really got into the hardwood and I invited one of my tenants who used to be my floor guy Dave and then I talked to Michael Bonebreak from uh from mm-hmm. Madison Hardwood. He's been on the program. Um, I had Michael over and we talked about, about, I had about a 400 square foot area that, that was without flooring and I need to do something there. Um, but then in talking to Dave, he said, you know, Ben, Oak, red Oak, if you want it to match here, it's like five bucks a square foot, like raw, like just the wood. Okay. Right. But I talked to my guy over at Blake Stevens, they're a local hardwood shop and he had some. Grade three maple, like, and I'm like, well, what's that? A softer
3: like? wood, yeah.
2: Well, it's not so much softer. Mm-hmm. The grade, ref- the grade maple, I think, is as hard, but the grade refers to like the purity or like the like that it has knots and marks and oh, okay, and dark All right. spots.
3: All right.
2: And then I learned that that's that character. This grade three maple, a lot of people call it poor man's hickory.
3: Oh. <laughs> All right. And I'm like,
2: well, I, I love it already. <laughs> so anyway, I was able to get poor man's hickory for only $2 and 60 cents a square foot.
3: Okay. That seems like a more reasonable price. $4 <laughs> right. is up there.
2: And, and I'm going to pay $3 a square foot to both to Michael at hard, to Madison get hardwood installed. to get it finished.
3: Oh, and finished. Okay.
2: I've got to put it in myself.
3: Oh, so that's not the worst. T- I've done hardwood floors. It's yeah. uh, that's like my little sweet spot of like how I like to do, task grinding away <laughs> just like fit the little tetris pieces in and tack so, it into the floor That's so not after bad.
2: i've got i'm gonna do because of some uh some pet staining on the sub floor uh, i'm i'm doing i'm sealing the so now that everything's out i'm going to paint the floor from both above and below uh-huh. from the basement to seal that all up and then i'm going to lay in new new maple all right. and it's all going to get sanded and wall, and then what Lola my my 14 year old who agrees with nothing um like she just thought it was like so no, so dad. horrible to like let the maple be by the oak and she's like oh i hate that <laughs> well you've got a lot of things you're going to have to learned to that's love. That's quite
3: here. a discerning teenager she that's that. got differences between hardwood floors. Or, or when the or <laughs> when the
2: boards are perpendicular, she hates that. It's so yeah. annoying. Oh,
3: I agree though on that one. Anyway, terrible. so yeah, <laughs> we're going to
2: we'll have a maybe in future dispatches we'll talk about was that a good idea?
3: All right. Michael from Madison Hardwood Floors is going to finish it in place. In it place, sounds right. like. Okay, so he's I, not going to take it to a shop and finish nope. it and give it back. So
2: what it'll be what it'll be is i will be about 5 560 in for for finished maple, where that's probably about half the price of, of, of oak installed mm-hmm. um, and about the same price, so I'll have a wood product installed and finished for not a whole lot more than that luxury vinyl plank.
3: All right, that's Dispatches from the Front. Uh, why don't we take a break, and we'll bring in our guests. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. You can find us online at In the 608, also on Facebook. Our guest today has arrived Carl Cure from Carl Cure Roofing. Uh, Carl, thank you for joining us today.
6: Not a problem. Yeah, All right. Thanks,
3: Carl. Here,
2: and here we go. Chance, chances are pretty good that you've driven, driven by a Carl Cure roofing job site sign, west side, east side, anywhere really here in Madison. I might go as far as to guarantee you've driven past one of those signs if you live on the near right side or somewhere anywhere around the Atwood area. Okay. Uh, Carl has been doing my roofing for many years, most or many of my clients' roofs, and pretty much anyone who will ask me for a name, they get Carl. Uh, kind <laughs> kind of a shame that roofs last so long because most people don't get to work with him but maybe once or twice in their lives. So that's exactly why I bought as many houses as I have is <laughs> so, so I can see Carl more often. He's a hardworking straight shooter that's been
3: roofing since he could hold a hammer. But is he fun? Well, there's only real one way to find out, Ben. We've got to ask some questions and play ourselves a little game. It's a game we call The Way It Used To Be.
1: There used to be. There used to be. There used, to be there used to be. used to be. nothing but smiling faces far as the eye could see. Car in every driveway. Swinging every tree. People can't stop talking about the way things used to be. Are you ready,
0: Carl?
6: Yes.
2: All right. Carl, I did, I did a little research. I don't know if Carl mm-hmm. Jr. mentioned our conversations, but... I've got some pretty good questions here for you, sir. Okay, hailing from Chicago, that's Car- Carl gr- growing up there. Excellent. Like name already. name the Chicago style deli, formerly located at Buckeye and Fifty One, now the home of Cucos Mexican Restaurant.
6: Papa Gar- <laughs> Gar- <laughs> it's it's hard to pronounce that one. But it is Papa I, Geros. <laughs> it
2: was it was... and I. There's an extra syllable in here. But I, well, first of all, good work. He had Papa, right? Papa's right. Papa, Papa, Papa's yeah. gyros. Papa coronophilus. Coronophilus. Guess, yes. Papa coronophilus, gyros and Italian style, or and and Chicago style deli. So there we got one. So all right, we're all right. Well done. And they yeah. did have they did have a mean gyro. They, me- they were very good. Yeah. Very do
6: you good. remember
2: Judd Blau, Adam? I do. Yeah. At we would go when we were back in the sales days. That was a regular stop on the. On the east side east side luncheon tour. Chronophilus? <laughs> I always
3: thought it was Carnophilus. I think I was missing
2: it's, a syllable well, it's, there too. It's, cor- yeah. it could be, it's like corona all o's phyllis. Coronophilus. It's like Coronophil <laughs> I don't know. It's it's, it's, it's like it's,
3: twelve vowels in that word. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot it's a lot
2: of vowels in there. All right. But we got the bell rug one time. Yeah, well done. Yeah. All right. Here, here we go again. This take you back to about that time in your life, maybe with a kid growing up over there, Carl. So that's what there's where we're, now dubbed the Chazen Museum of Art. The former name of this campus art museum is also the name of a Southeast Side Elementary School, Neighborhood and Neighborhood Association for the bell name the McFarland, Wisconsin native and biochemist in nutrition, for whom these Madison spaces were named,
3: Elvium. Correct. Yeah, that's right. Well Did done. You,
2: I was like, why, why the uh, Conrad? Conrad Is <laughs> That his first name? Yeah. Uh, okay. A biochemist who, who uh, discovered niacin. Like yeah. Like some like right. it's some, it's like, it's like different vitamins. He was he was okay. into, into vitamins and nutritional sciences and things like that. You All right. So you're two. 2 for 3 Carl you're doing great
3: nice and in okay. your breakfast cereal this, or something like
2: that This one though <laughs> this one though may seem oddly specific okay. but I I I have faith in you Carl Okay This English progressive rock band has played Camp Randall Stadium two times during their decades long career Famous for hits like Dark Side of the Moon and The Wall named not only the group but one of the two years in which they visited Madison,
6: Wisconsin and Camp uh, Randall. Right. Ooh. Okay. Um, Pink Floyd. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's right. And that would have been,
0: let's
2: see. Carl jr. Is 32. Yeah, <laughs> going, I'm going back here. 88. 1988. That's correct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is that, is that legitimately where you met your wife?
6: That is yes. Is that <laughs> right?
3: Oh, that's fantastic! That, I love that,
6: that story. Oh, All right, that. so
2: here the other the other correct answer, which would have been uh, after that, maybe you went to the second show it was nineteen ninety four. Yeah, July third, oh, nineteen ninety four. I was there. I, you I mostly
3: there? remember that show. <laughs> so here is my
2: my you know the, the relate. I try to relate the story, but uh, so in nineteen eighty eight he meets his wife, but then they play in the the final the final big concert at Camp Randall yeah, was my first night on the food prep line at Taco John's on Regent Street. Oh, no. And that was August 26th, 1994. That was the Rolling Stones. That was the July, July 3rd, earlier that summer. That was like a big summer. That was a big summer. Pink Floyd yeah. and the Rolling Stones at Camp Randall. So...
4: Yeah.
2: <laughs> Bell rings three times for Carl. Thank you so well, well. Done. <laughs> And then here's here's also just an interesting today in history note. Mm-hmm. March first, 1973 was the release of Dark Side of the Moon. Oh, so we're recording okay. a little bit earlier oh. here in March on March first,
3: but uh, and it's still on the charts, by the way. <laughs> so there we go. There, a
2: lot of staying power. It
3: is. Well, it's, they they it's, had
2: a couple alb- They had an album in. That was when I was in radio. I remember they were getting play on Triple M Uh, with the new album with Stonehenge heads, the Easter Island heads.
3: Yeah, that was called The Division Bell, and that was out 95. Yeah, I guess that's about right there. Yeah, because the oh, was
2: that one that early? Because there was it. Was there another tour or something? Late two thousand?
3: Uh, no, there wasn't another tour. That was the last tour that they actually did. You're going to take me deep into the Pink Floyd oh, all we here, can but stay. you know, <laughs> yes. And they also released a CD which had a flashing light on it that stayed lit. On my flashing light it was the LED from the from the uh, album Pulse, which was a live recording of this 1994 tour, and that light stayed flashing because it was an LED operating off a AA battery for like 15 years, and people still to this day freak out. That that their battery light is still going we
2: have, powered by big floyd we have gone off the rails here on real estate in the 608 but anyway all right well thank you and i with the bell ring that many times we guarantee this is going to be a fun time we're going to take a quick break for the market update with asher Messino from Lauer realty group and then we'll be back with more from carl It's time for the market update on the phone with us. Asher Messino, agent Lauer Realty Group for the March market update.
5: There's a lot going on right now.
2: Is it March madness?
5: (laughs) Yes, it is. (laughs) I'm not
2: sportsy though. So I don't really know if that's actually happening yet.
5: What I have for you today is that depending on how a house is listed, on the price point and the accuracy of its listing price, you could have an overwhelming amount of showings and an overwhelming amount of offers. Those prices could be pushed. I actually saw one push 25% a few days ago. Oh. Uh, there was a house on the West side that had over a hundred showings, received 36 offers and went 25% over its listed price.
2: So what we're seeing in a nutshell for the market update is it is it's crazy out there everybody that's shopping right now can probably take a swing at that 250 house or that 300 house on the west side that's the very lowest bar anybody who can afford more than it can write on it so you might be opening yourself up to even more competition
5: Yep, exactly.
2: All right. Well, thank you, Asher, for helping us wade through the March madness.
5: Okay. Thanks, Ben. (laughs) Bye-bye.
4: Hey there. Liz Lauer here from Lauer Realty Group. As the broker-owner of a boutique real estate firm in business since 1998, our firm is a collective of dedicated agents who collaborate to stay ahead of the curve, information, tech and marketing savvy and engage in our communities at large to better serve our clients in the broader Madison area. Our numbers reflect our dedication. With 16 agents in the collective, we sold 548 homes with an average sale price of 395000 all in 2021. We realize stats reflect the past and we are ready to help your family achieve their goals in the future. Thanks for all you do.
3: You're listening to real estate in the 608 Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. My name is Adam. His name is Ben. On the line, we've got Carl Cure from Carl Cure Roofing. Uh, Carl, once again, congratulations! You got the bell rung four times. How did that happen? Four times? <laughs> that was it, was it. Was it was he was really good. It, it was just, just really good, really good Ben. So that proves it's where a, he met his wife. Yeah, uh, that's true. okay. Give the, me an yeah. extra bell. Uh, it, was, it was a wedding bell, and the and the chapel bells were ringing. <laughs> <laughs> it was the division bells. The, oh, all right. Sorry, right. getting too. Pink Floyd. Uh, anyway, welcome, Carl. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Um, I thought we might start
2: out. Well, I get, we're, first we're going to impress the hell out of Adam, who mm-hmm. who is already committed. I've just committed him by saying this. He's getting a new roof this year, so you're gonna you're gonna meet him <laughs> in person <laughs> okay. in the okay. not too, in the not too distant future. Um, but I thought we might start with a little roofing vocabulary, and and what and and the roofing vocabulary that I th- that I think or is my perception of like the building blocks of an estimate like when Carl comes to your house what is he looking for
3: gotcha and how do you know how much it's going to cost then, well he right? that's his yeah. job yeah.
2: but but <laughs> I think I think it's I think that it's easy or so that people have an understanding like they could look at their house and say well is this going to be an easy one or is this going to be a hard one mm-hmm. um does that make sense if we start with a couple vocabulary terms carl yes <laughs> all right one of the things that I think is kind of like Will make you feel smart if you to know is that roofing or, or roofers will measure your roof not in square feet but in squares. See, it, mm. and that square is not a square foot, Carl. But tell me, tell me what that is.
6: It's a hundred square feet basically that makes up us uh, one square foot of roofing.
2: Or, yeah, so that, one square equals one a hundred square feet, and mm. then each bundle of shingles is three, three bundles to a square.
6: Yes. So, correct.
2: so they, they use a much larger, like measuring. Oh, ah, than just increment like one literally square feet, because oh. that, that would get a nausea. that would be a little bit much if you try to measure out the exact square footage, but so he's going to first determine the size of your roof or the, the, in squares, but not square feet. So how many squares? And that's going to be something he's going to use to to figure out the cost. Um, pitch can be important, and I think we'll talk. I want to talk a little bit about pitch and what it might mean as far as like material choice later. But is it more expensive, Carl, to have a really steep roof done than it is to have a mostly ranchy suburb house done?
6: Yes, it is. There's more work involved doing a. P- Pitched roof than there is doing a ranch that you can run all over the place with it,
3: so. Okay,
2: is a if and if I was just going to throw a like a pitch out there, so people first of all a pitch is like a slope in what algebra. Is,
3: okay, so a slope, yeah, okay. a slope, it's, and how steep the roof might be. Right, and a,
2: and like an old house in the Shank's Corners neighborhood might be a 12-12 pitch or a a twelve inch rise for each twelve inch run. Okay, of, the, of your slope or pitch, and that's like a forty-five degree angle. Okay, but your house do you not don't, that. You don't have a hip roof, do you? No, you've got a.
3: I got a roof that I can climb up and walk on without feeling I'm going to fall off.
2: <laughs> and I'm guessing that that might be closer to like, what do you think, Carl? About like a LVM neighborhood ranch would be maybe like a four-twelve pitch.
6: Yeah, four, four to six usually. If you can walk all over them, you yeah. know. When you start getting seven, eight, and beyond, it gets that gets slippery. So, so that's... but the Albion areas there are a lot of ranches that are usually four to twelve. <laughs>
2: And when we talk about a hip roof, that's a that's a roof where it's a there's fashionable a fashionable well, one. Well, so it is fashionable. Kids are into it. Was very fashionable <laughs> in the, in the mid-century times, but that means with that there's like a gutter edge at all the sides, like it comes hmm. down, it comes down at all the sides. Okay. And each one of those is called a hip.
3: I gotcha. All right.
2: Whereas a gable a gable end is like that's the triangle shape right? at the end of the house. Like a dog house has two gables, the two triangles. Okay. And, the, and then a dog house, if we're picturing slopes again, that might be something closer to like a 12-12 pitch.
3: Okay. Which I,
2: very hard to stand on a dog house with a 12-12 pitch.
3: <laughs> Carl, you probably <laughs> do this all the time to folks. What do you say when you explain you like, oh, you've got a 12-12 or you've got a 4-3? How do you explain this to folks?
6: Well, I just um when I show up at the job to look at it, I just explain that they're not there's more of a complex house that needs to be done as far as the roof goes. Yeah. You
2: know? so, yeah, I don't know that lot. he'd he'd ever tell me what the slope is because it doesn't matter to it the consumer, but yeah. it's gonna matter to him when he's talking to his crews and their understanding of how long is it gonna take and how much safety equipment they need for this job or that job. Is that yeah. is that right?
6: So it's a little. That, that's correct, because then yeah. it also it also varies on stories of house. You know, one story, two story, mm-hmm. three story. All that all that takes more time to get things up there and and get the thing done. So,
3: so it's a little insider baseball to say like to, if you you know as a homeowner you might not need to know what your pitch is in your house, but yeah. you want to know that like how home... much. <laughs> Can I get this fixed? And will you go up there for me? Well, I think, yeah. <laughs> I think
2: that's kind of like the goal of our conversation yeah. today is that so that so that the homeowner can know things they sure. don't need to know. But so they can like feel like they get like like it's worth it, worth their listening. Okay. Like they're like we're giving them a little inside information.
3: All right. I right? like it. So the rise and run is what gets you the pitch. Rise and the run
2: gives you the pitch. Um and the and the steeper the pitch the 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 more expensive it is cuz the longer it takes and and usually he's going to have numbers then like and you, and these that you know the, I think just in some ways like when you go to the mechanic and he can look up a job and it tells him how long it takes to put in an alternator on a 1996 Saturn view. that those years might not match up <laughs> uh, but in the same way someone who's been roofing a long time knows about how long it takes to do four squares of 412 pitch on a two-story home so that he can give you so he can give you the estimate and know exactly what it's going to cost (music) a complete tear-off can you tell me can you tell me what that means carl
6: uh, that means basically tearing the roofing off down to the wood sheeting and inspecting the sheeting and fixing any sheeting and starting from that deck up.
2: And, and in situations like back. like like the first house that we worked on together, it did not have sheeting. So what did you what would you have likely found when you tore off two or three layers of asphalt?
6: Um, usually it'd be wood shingle years ago, so it would have had space boards for the wood to breathe. And then you'd have to put sheeting over those wood boards to make it solid. Right. because so that you could put shingles in or they would sink into the gaps of the boards.
2: Or not have necessarily like the appropriate nailing surface. So yeah. What, mm-hmm. When, when oh, yeah. cedar shake or cedar shingles were used, they were stiff and they're like 24 inches tall. So, the, so a roof was put on and there were spaces between the boards. Like it was mm-hmm. not a solid mm-hmm. surface. And yep. not, not only did the the hard cedar shingle span that uh, gap, but it allowed, as Carl said, it allowed that, that roofing material to, to breathe on both sides. Correct. And for years, those cedar shingles were an acceptable underlayment, like to code wise. Oh. But... If you want to have a a warranty claim on new shingles, you can't be putting them down over old cedar. No. So so there's like, so in theory, could you tear it down to the cedar and put shingles over it? The government would let you and that'd be okay. But if you wanted to take advantage of a warranty on your shingles, you're not going to be able to put it down on top of cedar shake. You're going to need to clear that off.
3: Okay. Correct. So, Carl, how do you know when a complete tear-off needs to happen? And I'm guessing, is there is there a price difference in a complete tear-off versus what's the alternative well, to that?
6: Well, the alternative is to go over the layer of roof that's there already, um, but most of the times to do a better job and do it more professional so where everything's laying down is to do a complete tear-off. Mm. Uh, now, nowadays, architectural shingles – are raised and low they're they're not perfectly flat so you can't really go over them again or the shingles that you're putting on are going to look all wavy and it's just going to look really terrible on your house
2: yeah those architectural shingles we also call them dimensional shingles and and they have different thickness to mimic the appearance of that old cedar shake like Hmm, it's interesting um until are those are those architectural shingles Carl? are they like actually thicker as well like do they last longer simply based on the fact they're thicker
6: yeah thicker thicker's better obviously they don't have those um lines every foot like the three tab used to have you know and then they would blow off with the first wind or whatever bad wind forms well i wish i could go back to the cowboy days you're
3: listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. His name is Ben Anton. My name is Adam Elliott. Uh, on the line, we've got Carl Cure from Carl Cure Roofing, and we're learning all about roofing. We talked about asphalt shingles. What are the other sure. types of things that one person might put on a roof?
6: Well, you got your architectural shingles or three-tab shingles. You've got um, wood shingles that still get put on, and we're seeing more of... Um, of um, raised panel metal being put on these days too. There's metal shingles. There's all kinds of different things out there as far as roofs go.
2: What is, are, are 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 shingles made out of fiberglass anymore?
6: Yeah, they're a mixture of fiberglass. It a, it's a mixture and of fiberglass
2: asphalt. and asphalt. Okay. And that, yeah, and that's probably like eight eight out of ten roofs get that kind of material.
6: Yeah, yeah, that's still the most popular, just because of price and that. Depending on how long somebody's going to stay in their home, and what they want to put on it, and how, you know, for lasting purposes.
2: One one of the things I think that's changed maybe in, it's probably ten years now, but um, everybody talks about the ice dams. Like, right. like like when i was a we kid are in wisconsin when i, I was mean. a kid no <laughs> one was like talking about ice dams i don't even like like that was a new thing all of a sudden like i'm a grown man and people are buying these long sticks with a shovel on the end of, <laughs> like where where did this come from um anybody who's getting a new roof today tell me a little bit about what you do differently today that you didn't do 20 years ago that's going to make me not worry about ice dams
6: well we put um ice and water shield along the gutter edges, and that should go at least 30 feet or 30 inches inside the heated space of the house. So depending on how big the overhangs are and that type of thing, depends on how many rows of ice and water you'd put in. um, That protects the wood. And then you gotta make sure you got enough intake and enough um, exit as far as your venting goes. And, it matters, too, as far as insulation these days because right. you want to keep that heat from hitting the um, surface of the plywood and causing an ice dam.
2: Because so, what can yeah. happen, and, and the, the ice and water shield is kind of the last resort. Like, ideally, yeah. right. Ideally, yeah. your perfectly insulated home is not allowing uh, warm air into the attic. And yeah. then, And then what happens is the warm air in the attic, as the water is running down the roof, when it gets to the overhang, when it gets to the part where there's not warm house underneath, it will freeze again
3: in the winter time. Yep. Um, yep, and in your gutter, in, it'll start building up.
2: Right. So, so this ice and water shield though is a self-sealing membrane. So when he puts a nail
3: through it, it it's
2: still watertight.
3: It sounds like future technology.
2: And and if God forbid. <laughs> <laughs> if God forbid some water worked its way up under a shingle which it can do because of that dam. Right. It shouldn't be able to find its way down through a nail hole and into your into your roofing or the like the sheathing.
3: Yeah. And that that material is kind of like what it, it's like a combination of rubber and like I don't know like tarry kind of stuff to really you know, withstand a winter beating essentially. Yeah, and
2: it's because it's got an adhesive back to it, doesn't yeah. it, Carl?
6: Yes, ade- it? yeah, you, you peel and stick it to the wood, and then the heat from the outside it adheres it to the wood.
2: Here's another little trick that I ca- I figured out. Carl was doing this one time. He's counting the shingles. Like instead of being able, instead of having to go up on the roof, oh, and measure something, he knows how big a shingle is. So he was just counting from the ground.
6: He's like, does that
3: help with an estimate, Carl? Yeah. Is that just yeah? Okay. So
6: don't shout. my. That's my way of measuring the roof just from on the ground by knowing how long that shingle is, and then you times that by how many there are, and divide it by twelve, and that gives you the measurements
3: there's that higher math that he's bringing in (laughs) in right there
6: math was always my best subject school, (laughs) and i know why i use it every day so so that
3: that makes me think can you can you estimate whether a roof needs replacing from the ground or is that something you have to get up on a roof and look uh, at
6: it depends on what kind of roof it is um if it's an old three tab, you can kind of see things starting to curl up on it. Um, you might see where splotches or where the granules are starting to fall apart, Mm -hmm. deteriorate. Um, you you can kind of see signs of that, but a lot of times you do have to kind of look at it, you know, and just, and, um, just check, check the matting because you can't always see the stress cracks that are in it or in the shingle itself. So.
2: Now you, you are here all the time and you, and, and you're doing roofs in good weather and bad and, and, and the good times and the bad. Um, and I'm, I guess I'm saying in contrast to like the storm chaser. <laughs> uh, so but you are as you are as skilled as anyone to be able to tell me if I've had if I've had hail damage or or, you know, what my needs might be after some kind sure. of cataclysmic weather event. Right
6: oh yes I've worked with every insurance company out there I think as far as um, storm goes over these years of doing this so I, I know what to look for yeah
2: and and the fact we've that everyone's seen your truck you know that may, that makes you feel good too <laughs> versus because I've I've never been a pro well I did one time actually I years ago this roofing company did did a bad job to the neighbor's house and they were drop they were dropping shingles. Off the side, and they were hitting my because our houses on Main Street are oh, very no. close. Yeah. So this less than roofing company was dropping shingles off their house, and they were sliding down a hitting mine,
3: and hitting your house or they were car. Hitting,
2: they were hitting my other house, my oh. my light gray house, and it was leaving these black smudges yeah, the from when mark. it was like hitting. Yeah. And their guy came out after I called and complained, and like had to get like threatening, like, <laughs> like, like it. Sh- I shouldn't have had to, but I had to be like, dude, you just need and. And he said, and he saw where that I'd got some grass, like the grass whip had hit the siding and busted a little bit at the bottom. And he's like, I think that's hail damage. We could probably get your insurance. I was like, oh, you are, you're like, you're slimy already. And now you're proving it to me by telling me that those marks from my grass whip are from hail, <laughs> but oh, it was just horrible. But I, and no one has ever had, I don't, I have recommended Carl to all my friends and, and people and, uh, And no, no one ever has. Like it always goes well. Um, Even, even my ex-wife likes Carl, and that's (laughs) and that's saying something.
3: I think some of the questions that I have for you, Carl, is is, is, I'll be nice and not call out. We'll just call him my nosy neighbor, Bob. And that's not Bob's real name, but (laughs) the nosy neighbor has definitely looked over and said, yeah, looks like you need a new roof. And, uh, you know, had all the recommendations. And I'm like, "Okay, thanks. You know, I I appreciate you being a good neighbor. But one of his tips was the fewer holes you make in the roof, meaning like ridge vents or these vents the better of uh end result you're going to get would would you agree with that assessment
6: well i guess it depends on how many um you got to have you know like at least six nails per shingle um that's just gotta you gotta put them in to hold the shingle down um i haven't i've been on roofs that were you know done three times and the plywood sheeting's still in good shape yeah so I, it, it, it all varies on things. I,
2: th- I think it's, he's probably, I have a neighbor like that too. Sure. And he told me, cause he's, to, cause I think he was talking about like protrusions, like because
3: well these like, he's skylights like, and yeah extra, like anything you got the fireplace he, you got the sewer vent you got this in here but you don't want that thing like there you want never less.
2: he would never put an extra thing out the roof like that he had his chimney removed so that there was no more chimney yeah and he had right. his furnace go out the side so it didn't have sure. to go out the roof and I, there is some logic in 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 using the roof having less protrusions but at the same time. Code and the insulation and the venting requirements that we talked about are literally going to say, well, if your roof area is this much, you have to have this many square inches of venting.
3: Yeah. All right. Yeah. I think, like, he probably had some logic because when I bought the house, ben, there were three different places where somebody put a satellite dish drilled right into the <laughs> roof. And I'm like, why are these all here?
2: That was like the
3: sign of a foreclosure in <laughs> 2000, 2013.
2: If there was. Two satellite dishes on the roof. <laughs> you knew yeah. they were coming. Now, I don't know if I ever told you my, my roof joke, Carl, but my grandfather was an architect. And um, and we talked he said there's two kinds of a flat roof. Do you know what, what those two kinds are, Carl?
6: Two kinds of flat roofs? Yeah. Uh, and
2: keep in mind it's a joke, because you could probably okay, give you could probably yeah. tell me two times. So the, the the correct answer is not a real
6: answer. There there there's <laughs> no such thing as a good flat roof <laughs>
2: that, well that kind of leads to the joke because my my architect grandfather said there's two kinds there's the kind that leak and there's the kind that are gonna leak
6: yep well that's exactly right that's where i would think about that with a flat roof <laughs> and
2: carl is now that sometimes it needs to be flat and we understand yep. that um we talked a little bit about slope earlier at what point does a roof get too flat to use a traditional mm shingle like a like an asphalt architectural
6: shingle well you don't you can do a three pitch with a shingle um that's just under four really but you have to ice and water the whole entire area in order for the for shingles to manufacture to warranty it Um, i don't recommend going anything under two i mean you're pushing the limit there because you got a lot of snow and ice that's just accumulating there
3: what's the metric of two are we talking two two inches two to twelve okay
6: two twelve a two twelve pitch is just about getting there i mean you're just about flat you know when you start getting to two and one
1: so
3: 12 inches long and two inches down that's pretty flat that is pretty
2: flat so the reason be so there's two reasons here one uh the shingles overlap a certain amount Mm -hmm. and if you just if you put your hands in front of your face like I'm doing right now <laughs> and hold it like you can see that the flatter it is, the, the 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 difference between the seams is less and that any kind of water is is not passing up the seam as much yeah. as it is.
3: It's not going to run down. The it's seam not going to run yeah. down.
6: Hey! What do you do? What do you do to keep people keeping people busy in the winter? Uh, winter time, we really take a couple months off, really. I mean, um, January and February, we're off them two months. So we usually start back around mid-March. Because you did. So it,
2: yeah, I suppose. You were working for me up, in December. Yeah. Over on Talmadge. Yeah, December and that-
6: December was pretty decent yet up until Christmas. And then right after that, again, it as soon as that snow and ice hits, that usually shuts us down because we do mostly residential roofs. So new construction goes and goes and goes, but we don't do a lot of that. We mm-hmm. deal with mostly homeowners.
3: Assuming there's no snow on the roof, can you do a roof in wintertime?
6: you can i just don't like going if it's a certain temperature or lower you you take a chance on blowing through the shingles the shingles are kind of wavy a little bit they will seal down eventually but they might be they might not be quite stretched enough you know so you can get something that'll wave you know and not lay down flat yeah, so, they get yeah. Br- brittle or
2: like Warmth
3: when it's cold. is it, your friend, kind of. And that like, yeah. you know? the
2: tar on the back gets heat. I mean, sure. Obviously, in the warm sun, even in the winter, it can probably get sure. warmer mm-hmm. under a black shingle. But yeah. but the the heat of the sun is really what what makes that roof become one thing instead of mm-hmm. many things. Is that how yeah, the technology
3: that's... works? It kind of you you lay the stuff down and then it kind of melts in place.
6: Yep. Yeah. You put the shingle down, and um, it activates the um, tar strip that goes along the back side of the shingle, sticks it to the other shingle, and, yeah, away you go. More,
2: so more, on more hot than a just day, the
6: nails. like On a hot 80, 70, 60, 80-degree day, as you're putting the shingles down, they're sealing right behind you with the shingle. Well,
2: the also burning stuff. your hands
6: your, and your... And they get a little warm. They get warm,
2: guys. yeah. <laughs> and your butt cheeks when you sit down.
6: Yeah. <laughs>
2: We're gonna take a little little break for Phil's phone in and then we'll come back with a little with a little closing closing thoughts from Carl. Oh, you ain't
0: knowing nowhere, you belong right here. You like eating bread words? Do you like cheese and beef?
2: Time for Phil's phone in. Phil Plort is my business partner in Deacon Housing, president of Madison's Blimling & Associates, a dairy commodities consulting firm, a division of dairy.com, and host of the brand new podcast, The Dairy Download. Keeping an eye on the faraway and diverse markets is what he does. Seeing how it might affect real estate here in Madison is what he does for fun. Here he is with a look beyond the
7: 608. Hey, Ben, it's Phil with a view from beyond the 608. If I could have only one chart, one market, one price to look at every day, it would be crude oil. It's a market that can tell us about the state of the global economy. It's a market that can tell us about geopolitical risk. It's a market that has influence on so many things. And right now, I think it's a market that's flashing a yellow light for the U.S. economy. I'm recording this on Sunday evening, March 6th. A half hour ago, the crude oil futures market opened $9 higher, with last trades over $125 per barrel. That's up 30% since last Monday's close and up 66% so far this year. According to GasBuddy, national gasoline prices are averaging just over $4 per gallon today, and that number will go higher if $125 crude sticks. That could be a problem for consumer spending because more dollars into the gas tank means less money for other things. Looking at history, we've seen recessions following gasoline price spikes. Last week, one of my teammates asked me if higher gasoline prices will have the same impact today, given that so many people are working from home. I think the answer is yes, because the people that higher gasoline prices hurt most are the people who cannot work from home. Lower to middle class folks working healthcare jobs or working in restaurants or traveling to construction sites every day. While those people are generally enjoying higher wages these days, pay was already not keeping up with higher costs. And now, this. That's all for now. Until the next time, this is Phil with a view from beyond the 608.
3: You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. My name, Adam. His name is Ben. Uh, we've been speaking with Carl Cure from Carl Cure Roofing. Uh, learning lots about the roofing process. I don't know. I like learning these types yeah, of factoids better, because, at, you know, you're going to have a roof Understand at some point. I hope you do. <laughs> it needs fixing. The uh, One of the things we do here at the end, Carl,
2: is we just like to get le- – so, uh, so now everyone's joked around with you and learned about your – favorite uh, Chicago dog spot um sure. but how do they how do they how do they find you how do they get in touch should they should they have a should they need should they have an ailment because <laughs> and <laughs> well, i say that because we because you're the cure he's, for sure, all their roofing sure. needs i got gotcha. you so well if played. someone if someone has a roofing ailment carl how are they going to find you
6: um uh, by calling
2: or what would your son or, or what would your son say
6: uh, what do you mean
2: because he's like the director of information technology oh yeah he would say go to the website
6: <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly by website we get mo- a lot of stuff by website or actual calls from referrals most I most know relevant. that
2: so but but it's since not everyone some of these people listening might be on the treadmill or oh yeah or in the okay. car so we'll get sure. so what is it's it's car is it dot com.
6: cure roofing at tds.net so there's your email address. Okay. And I think the web
2: address is carlkieleroofing.com. And then you yep. can also find them on the Facebook. And I'm going to make sure to put some links to the Here Facebook and the website in the show notes. So if you want to find Carl online at in inthe608.com, uh, under the most recent episode, I'll make sure that you can click any click over to, uh, over to their website and learn a little bit more about what Carl does if you still have questions. Which okay. you might. It could happen.
3: One one yeah. last question for God. How many layers of shingles can you can you do like six
2: <laughs> or maybe can the
6: most question can you go is like
2: that high? what's
3: the most layers
2: of <laughs> shingle that layers. you've ever
6: seen? The most layers I ever took off was one of the oldest houses in Madison. It was on Gorham, and it was it had paperwork on this house. It had actually trees that they cut down and they put that in for rafters in that, and it had railroad spikes, oh. nails. Put wood board down. It had six layers. It's,
3: six? I was joking.
2: I, the thing, the thing when we
6: that thing had to breathe really well after that.
2: So. And then now, because you could,
6: it's okay.
2: Like again, not warranty wise, but code wise, yeah. you can do two layers.
6: Two layers is code. Madison used to be three, but they came down to two as well.
2: There so. was there was a house across the street that had like four layers on it, and when and when they took it off, you talked about the house breathing. Well, this house, like, it literally sighed relief. <laughs> and, and all of the interior doors that had previously, like, stuck and weren't, and did nothing, things didn't work. But when they took those thousands of pounds of shingles off the roof, the whole house just kind of went like, ah. yeah. <laughs> and all the doors started swinging, and all the all the windows started working better. It was like a it was like a whole different house. It's,
3: it was uh, the exorcism, Release the house. <laughs> well, we are warm
2: and comfortable underneath a brilliantly Pacific blue roof here on main street carl and we thank you for that and he did the neighbor's house too you've got like yes in time now you know i bought four in a row here now so it's pretty yeah. soon pretty soon we'll get you over we'll get that'll make that five carl cure ribs in a row someday
6: that sounds great Good All right. we, we always <laughs> appreciate it <laughs> thank
2: <laughs> you for joining us carl and you have a great day
6: you too sir Let's-
1: You're
3: listening to Real Estate in the 608 Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. Ben, what was that? That was your cure
2: <laughs> for all your roofing needs. Carl Cure of Carl Cure
3: Roofing. Is, I like him. He's, he's got personality Straight and shooter. he does, does roofing there too. That's, that's not we a did, bad We did company. not ask
2: if, his, if Cure was his paternal or maternal name because <laughs> he worked for an uncle. He he! Literally, I said he had a had a hammer and hammer in his hand. That's right. Since he could swing a hammer, um, <laughs> literally, I kind of picture him in like row houses in in Chicago, like bouncing around as a young person without,
3: <laughs> before safety was a concern. You know, <laughs> that's right. He cut his teeth. I know. Speaking of safety, I think wasn't your, one of your old phrases "Don't go up on the roof." Don't go up on the roof. Yeah. Um,
2: Yeah, well, I'd fallen off the roof. We didn't even get into the whole, I'm sure Carl has... Well, I don't want to say that. I, every it hasn't every roofer worth I, his salt at least had something dangerous happen I to them. Know.
3: But there, there's a lot of safety gear that roofers there's can take lot, up, and it's a lot safer especially now. Especially if to you be. have well a steep pitch, which is something a I pitch. now know. And now it's, uh, we know it's more expensive in part right. because it's
2: more dangerous. Oh, yeah,
3: I, I mean it makes sense. I wouldn't want to go up on it. I'd rather pay somebody to do that, <laughs> and they're probably going to want to get paid more to do it. Oh,
2: when, when they did yeah. Sandy's house and this, it was my house at the time. But this crew did the whole house in a day. Yeah. Complete tear off, everything, new new sheeting. And there was an up ladder and a down ladder. And it was like,
7: there oh, was probably 10 just, or
2: 12 guys on the crew. And it was just constant motion. It was like, it was unbelievable the speed and efficiency that those crews work with. I
3: think that's a trend. I think it's like um, workflow. Like there's a really efficient workflow of somebody who's just like, do, 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 This down. guy
2: knows his job. This guy knows yeah. his
3: job. They know their workflow. And then the ability to lay shingles, like you see, that's that's kind of like a, a thing of beauty when you see somebody who's just bop, 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 ba bop, bop, bop. And, and sometimes they gotta roll like, down. there's
2: somebody feeding them. Yeah. Like just, just you know, every it's like a, a well-oiled machine.
3: That could end up on uh, uh, Humans Are Awesome, the video series, and <laughs> <of> just <laughs> performing fantastic stunts. All right, so uh, Carl Kier Roofing, okay. carlkierroofing.com. And, cool. and links on
2: the website. I'll put it all there.
3: People can learn things via a newsletter.
2: They can learn things via a newsletter. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a monthly podcast for your eyes.
3: it's a good
2: It's a 22nd, 22nd read. It arrives on the 22nd, written in easy to digest segments, taking no longer than 20 seconds to read.
3: Okay. When's the the next big. I I know your Nest thermostat was a big article. When's the next giveaway? What's what's your next big one? What's the next prize? Yeah. I don't don't know To be determined You gotta sign up For the newsletter To find out Uh, We should give some thanks And acknowledge the uh, In the 608 musicians Who you've been hearing uh, Throughout the episodes today Including Renclaw El Donk The Oak Street Ramblers Bob Westfall, Seesaw and Mad City Jug Band. Thanks again to our guest Carl Cure from Carl Cure Roofing.
2: And thank thank you to all y'all if you clicked on us or if you did a- if you did in Submitted fact nominate us yeah, we for appreciate Local Podcast. They they have to have a six, I think was what the rule said so we got a chance, baby. I don't know if there are six. Are there six?
3: Uh, I don't know. I mean, you need six nominations. Are you no, saying like to get were gonna, on the board? Or? They were
2: gonna not like they were gonna put the, the top six. Oh, nominated. I got gotcha. Okay.
3: I was like, if you only need six nominations, I know I filled out like at least fifteen. <laughs> Just
2: get us on there. <laughs> just just my luck there are seven <laughs> local podcasts <laughs> and we will not we will not be be named.
3: Yes. So, uh, you don't get to vote on those till April. So our next episode is when we'll be asking we you We might
0: to be talking about that a little bit. Go vote oh, for us. You <laughs> Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Adam. Right. Thank you for listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. Real Estate in the 608 is a podcast for homeowners, home buyers, landlords, tenants, people who just want to be better at living in a home. If you can't get enough Real Estate in the 608 between episodes, like us on Facebook at in the 608 or visit inthe608.com for archived episodes and show notes. Remember, until you tell us, we don't know. We appreciate your listening, as well as your ratings and reviews at your favorite podcast portal. We also welcome feedback and topic suggestions via email to ben at benanton.com.
1: Come on, baby, won't you hold me tighter than your fist curled up in a schoolyard fight? I'll be a backup when you're calling my name. Come on, baby, won't you keep me safer than that high score on that pinball game? You're always playing at your favorite arcade, and we could be taking the A. Come on, baby, won't you buy me flowers with that money spent on whiskey sours Did you buy buying at those wasted hours? And come on, baby, won't you talk me sweet? Instead, I'm staring at this empty seat cause you got someone else you'd rather meet. And we could be. i